Welcome back to the Crawl Space Crypt. I'm Tim here today with Lance. What's up, Lance? Oh, Tim, it looks like you're uh, like on a zip line in Vegas. That's exactly right. Wow. Dedication <laughs> on a zip line in Vegas, still ready to do the subscription service show. I love it. <laughs> yes. And we've got a guest, our first guest on this show. It's John Lorden, the Lord John Lorden. Hello, Crawl Space. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing great, John. It's really great to have you on. I'm just wondering, did as much planning <laughs> go into Tim's background as um, as the notice that I got for this episode? Because I'm pretty sure I heard about this five minutes ago. You guys just needed a guest. Call, call up John Lorden. <laughs> John Lorden. We call it drop of, drop of the hat Lorden. That's what we call him. <laughs> right, and right. actually... A lot more planning went into that background. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate for airtime, Lorden. Whenever we need a host, just reach out to John. <laughs> no, see that—that's the old crawl space. That's the uh, we're that—that's we're we're much more matured at this point. Um, we reached out to you with the extremely uh, gracious time frame of about twenty-four hours. Yeah. To see oh, if yeah. you wanted to pop on, um, which is plenty of time. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, you know, you could, you could have snacks in that time. I'm always up for helping you guys out. So anytime. Happy to be here as always. Well, it's not just because we love your hair and your face. <laughs> and obviously you're not getting prepped for a big trip or anything like that. So it's not like we're taking away any valuable time from you or anything. No, not at all. It's not like I'm waiting to test a whole streaming setup and make sure it all works before I go out there and <laughs> have these uh, obligations for shows that I don't know if I can make happen. Yeah. <laughs> John John right now is fielding phone calls as he's testing for all of this stuff. He's fielding <laughs> phone calls from like the union at the Paris in Vegas because his his trailer of merch just showed up and they got to figure out who's unloading it. Oh, from yeah. The, uh... And the 60 foot screen. And oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's a big mess that's going on there right now <laughs> it's funny you say that because i'm super excited uh i know i've told you guys about this already but i i ordered them like months ago i'm super go. excited about these puzzles these little seriously mysterious puzzles to give out and uh they're not super heavy but they're kind of chunky and big and i can only fit like half of them into my luggage so it's going to be limited if you're coming oh, to no yeah if you're, if you're come, getting out there serve. get to the table quick ask me for a puzzle <laughs> i'm going to give you one but uh, as well, soon as they're gone they're gone <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Crawlspace Crypt. This is our Crawlspace subscription service, and you can find it at crawlspace.supportingcast.fm. And we do these weekly shows, and we'll talk about some of the episodes we do. we we'll talk about what's going on in our lives. This episode is going out to the public feed, and we're talking about CrimeCon 2022 that is happening in Las Vegas, possibly happening right now as you hear this. And you might even be there. How crazy would that be? And if that's the case, make sure to come by and say hi to us on Podcast Row. We're there. Crawl Space Missing and John Lorden is there representing Brain Scratch and Lorden Arts and Seriously yep. Mysterious and everything else he does. And Crime After Crime. Danielle Hallen's going to be there as well with me at the table. Um, Christy Arnhart from Case Cracked is also going to be there. We're bringing the whole crew. I don't know how we're all going to fit at one table, but uh, there is a table that I find frequently empty. So maybe I'll just pull that one over. <laughs> just going to say, you got plenty of people to watch our table. <laughs> right. Christy, you go sit at, uh, go sit at the crawl space table. And, yeah. uh, don't you dare take a chair away from us. 
<laughs> Even if it's empty. Chairs are limited. That's one of the very first things we're going to do when we get there. We're going to find a, a third and fourth chair. We'll ask people. We'll steal chairs. We don't care. We'll stack them. Have you guys looked at the event schedule yet? Yes. I mean, yeah. it is yeah. it is thick, man. There is it's a lot going on. Yeah. 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 Now tell us what you're doing there. I know you're a, you're a judge for this Clue Awards. What else are you doing there? Um, just the norm, just hanging out at the table. Um, I guess I'm participating in a discussion I'm really looking forward to with a couple of podcasters named Tim and Lance. And we're going to be talking about a certain case. That's right. Mm. Yes, uh, we sure are. That's us. You're talking about us. I'm talking about you guys. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm probably the most excited about. Uh, just, you know, spending some more time with Ladessa and, uh, hearing about the discovery of, uh, Brandon Lawson. So, yes. And this yes. is really why we had you on today, because we want to make sure if anyone's listening and they're going to crime con or if you're at crime con, get your butts away from the slot machines and get them on over to watch us, uh, with Jason Watson, Ladessa and John Lorden, Tim and I, we're going to be talking about the, I mean, the 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 discovery of uh brandon lawson can i just tell you guys i'm sort of surprised that it's not like one of the biggest events happening there uh, for me personally it is like you know mm. I, i'm looking at the cases they're discussing there's a lot of interesting things but i think that is just one of the biggest discoveries in true crime to have happened in several years at this point yeah well I don't know that CrimeCon even knows what we're what we planned we uh, yeah i don't think know, they do i think it's no. under the radar um, yeah yeah so if you guys are hearing this and you can get there, I think you really want to be part of that conversation. I think it's going to be really, yeah. really interesting. And this is happening on Saturday, April 30th at 1.20 p.m. Pacific time. We're speaking about the disappearance of Brandon Lawson from San Angelo, Texas, August 8th, 2013, who was likely recovered. There's been no DNA confirmation at this time, but it is very likely that that was Brandon that was recovered in April of 2022. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why we didn't want to really advertise it. Because I, I always pause when I say we're talking about the discovery of Brandon Lawson, because mm -hmm. we need to follow that up by saying, well, the DNA hasn't been officially identified, but they found all of the earmarks to indicate that this is him. And the family has posted uh, messages saying that they believe it's him as well. So the timing isn't like at the point where we can say, officially law enforcement has said this is Brandon's remains or right. these are Brandon's remains, but we are about as unofficial as we can be unofficial yeah, when you have, as we can be. When you have clothing that that's, that's that close of a match. Um, you know, it, I mean, that kind of clothing just isn't going to happen randomly out in parts of Texas like that. Uh, you know, I, th I think it's it's pretty solid. And honestly, I think that's why that makes this conversation even more special. Cause I know Jason and Ladessa were trying to kind of hold off, until that big conclusion before really going into this story. And uh, I guess something has shifted uh, with Ladessa where she's basically just like, you know what, let's, let's start telling this story now. Let's go ahead and get it out there. So um, it's, it is going to be interesting. I do expect that there's going to be another rush of um, press and energy around the case when the confirmation does happen. And then of course the following questions around that, it's like, well, do we even have a shot at determining cause of death? Mm. or understanding this better can we at least talk about the logistics maybe we'll get to this this weekend i'm not sure but can we talk about the logistics of 
how far away from it was the vehicle? Can we sketch a path of kind of like he went, he might've gone through here and gone through here, wound up there. Is that going to help us understand what possibly happened even more? Um, a lot of questions that are going to come out of this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. A lot to bring yeah. to the table. And you're right. I think that it is one of the biggest true crime stories, at least of the year. Uh, it, it ranks right up there. And there's a number of elements that go into play here when you're talking about why. And yeah. one person leading the charge, working with Ladessa, working with Brandon's mom and dad, working with other true crime creators, and also the community that was just so uh, motivated and and charged to 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 bring answers and a, and some sort of a conclusion uh, in in Brandon's disappearance. It's going to be so surreal too. So there's that. There's a whole community inclusion. Uh, Jason, who is not a trained private investigator, he's a right. he's a very strong advocate. And I don't think even. And we'll get into this during the panel. I, I can't wait to ask him. Like I don't know if he even expected this conclusion to be out there in the wilderness to see the remains to see something. It's, well, you have it's to imagine be so surreal. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine after going through this for years like that that you probably temper your expectations pretty strongly. Um, you know, yes, it's another day of searching. Yes, we're going out there. I think you have to start that day with a pump of hope that, hey, maybe this will be the one. Um, but having a hard expectation that like, you know, okay, this is, we, we definitely know he's going to be there. I mean, I don't think you can go into it like that and then suffer that heartbreak time and time again and keep going for this at years at a time, which is, there's another whole conversation, um, which is really why I wanted to be part of this dialogue uh, with Jason about kind of how you maintain that, the lessons that he learned in terms of being an advocate for all of these years, dealing with the expectations and kind of management of the family's emotions as he's going on these searches. I think there's a lot of very, very important lessons for other cases that we're looking at, like the Jason Landry case. Uh, I don't know if you guys got an email, but I got an email um, from the Robinson family about the Daniel uh, Robinson yes, disappearance yes, we as did. well. These mm. are cases that have extremely similar elements and any piece that worked in Brandon's case might be a piece that can help in these others. So that's why I think it's really, really important that we get this information and, and start circulating it because it can help these other families. Yeah, can't agree more. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for saying that. And um, Ladessa, Brandon's ex, is going to be on the panel with us, as well as uh, Jason Watts, who really um, spearheaded the these searches for Brandon. Yeah. Um, so make sure to come check that out. It's going to be at the Glass Box Podcast Row Studio, unless, uh, unless CrimeCon wants to bump us to the main stage. <laughs> if they but, knew what uh, was going on, they would. I'm telling you, they would. I mean, it might be too late at this point, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I do agree. Yes. No, I, I mean, heard. I heard Steve Wilkos has the main stage locked down. So I don't <laughs> even know who Steve Wilkos is. <laughs> what? He's from Steve. the Jerry Springer show, dude. The bodyguard from Jerry Springer. Come oh, on, sorry, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Maybe we should. Maybe. Well, the thing about it was, do you reach out and? Again, I'm getting back to the whole like it wasn't official and it's still like not official. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we always have that sense of responsibility. I, I would love to be on, you know, the one of the bigger rooms and on in, on one of the main stages and have Jason tell a story up there. I think that would be amazing. But is, you know, you just have this like responsibility type. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and well, foreign, there's also, I, I, I think Colts crime and Cabernet are going to be there as well. So like, if you were going to do something on a big stage like that, you know, right. you probably want to hoop them in on it and get oh, that angle too about, that's you know, a great point. Yeah. This, yeah. This Cause they were a part of, of that search party that right. um, eventually found him. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, yet, yeah, the the schedule is completely locked. It, it appears uh, we are completely up against Candace DeLong um, and the unpredictable life of an FBI agent who has the ballroom. And then there's the murder of Gabby Petito. How to sm- uh, spot domestic abuse, um, which Boy, is, is also that important. That is an important conversation. Yeah. Um, time and time again, these cases are 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 coming up in that direction, and. How many times have you heard uh, just looking into these cases or maybe in your personal life from people that are like, yeah, I wanted to get out, but I couldn't, I stayed there for the kids or I stayed there because of this or stayed there because of that. And then you get to these types of outcomes and it's, it's so important. I think for, uh, especially family members that are hearing that from someone in their family unit to be like, Hey, don't wind up like someone in one of these cases, like it is an escape. Like you need to figure out your escape plan and you need to get it done as quick as possible. You know? Um, yeah. And, uh, one other presentation we're up against in breakout two is, uh, Paul holes and David Middleman, um, of Othram justice through genomics help families get the answers they deserve. So yeah, we're, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're yeah. really up against, against it. This is a tough time slot. Who, who, who'd you say? Someone holes? Who is that? Phil holes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Phil holes. <laughs> no, Phil I actually holes. really want to meet Paul holes. I've, I've never met him. Um, oh, and I, really? I'm, I really want to meet his, uh, and read his book and, yeah. uh, and have him on the show. Yeah, no, uh, he, I, I've had him on the Lord and arts channel, uh, met him a few times at crime con. Uh, honestly, by the time I get to meet him, like at the end of the night, he's so exhausted from, I mean, look at his schedule. Like if you could drill it down and just say, see, Hey, where's Paul holes throughout this whole weekend. That dude is working from the start of the day to the end of the night, every single day, all the way through solid. He can't walk down the hall without people wanting to take pictures, screaming out his name, get autographs. Um, yeah, that guy. And on top of all that, uh, of course, an amazing detective, but I have to say the projects that he gets worked into as well really really good stuff uh one of the categories that i was judging on had uh, a podcast that he was a part of and and not the murder squad something else and it was just like oh man like i mean that that guy he gets he gets the best talent in terms of uh, producers and and of course just the experience he has the stories and the way he's sharing them it's it's awesome he deserves all the attention. Jeez, get a room, you two. <laughs> I've already met him, guys. I was just trying to pump him up for you. John's hot for holes. The the people are hot for holes. <laughs> the, very few people are are tepid for Tim, but uh, I'll take it. Tepid for Tim, uh, yeah. Well, we <laughs> have been described. For Lance. Yeah, lukewarm for Lance. Yeah, we well, have we been described the, as the yeah. yeah the poor man's Jensen and holes, <laughs> which, which is spot on. I can't. If we meet Paul Holes, uh, we have to tell him that joke. I mean, yeah. it's oh, yeah. one of the funniest things because it means nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I had to tell him the first time I saw him was at uh, Crime Con in 2018. Actually, the first time I met you guys when you pulled me on with, I think it was like no notice. And you were like, hey, John, we're doing a show right now. Do you want to come over and be on it? <laughs> sounds sounds right. Sounds accurate. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah that sounds yeah, right. At least. We did you that guys to Jason Watts, too. 
yeah, you've gotten better because I had 24 hours for today's show. But yeah, um, well, it'll happen again this weekend. Don't uh, don't count your chickens. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I saw him walking down the hall, and you know, this was right when all the Golden State stuff had had really just broken, and uh, like Morph was just swamped, you know. And I see Paul Holes walking down the hall, and his name for some reason I wasn't super super familiar. I just kind of saw the big headlines, and I yelled after him. You go, Poles. I just meshed together Paul and Holes into Poles and yelled it right at him as he was walking down the hallway. I'm like, you go, Poles. I wonder if he thought I was punking him or a troll. Oh, the good, first good time we you. met, that I, I called you Jordan because of the that's same right. exact yes, reason, that's right. which is incredible coincidence, I guess. I I, I conflated your first and, and last name, and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and and it came out Jordan, even though I completely knew your name, but that was the first time we met. <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure you knew Paul's yeah. name, too. You didn't think it, his yeah, name no. was Poles. It's Poles. Hey, Poles. Poles. <laughs> it's a pretty Speaking great of which, I guess, uh, yeah. Sticks from LA Live is going to be there, too. Guy, Who? You know that know guy? Sticks. No. You don't know You're Sticks? Throwing these names out that I don't. Oh, guys, do you actually watch sticks. any crime content? I know the, I know the, I know the band Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know the good doctors of uh, Shiloh and Scott of uh, LA Not So Confidential are going to be there. That's going to be fun. Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Really looking forward to. Uh, I, I met Shiloh last year, but uh, have not met Dr. Scott yet. So, really looking forward to that. I feel like I don't even remember who I've met anymore. I I feel like we've done so much so much like zooming and virtual stuff that it, it's true. I mean, I I thought I met Shiloh, but I guess I haven't. Oh, that's oh, right. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, isn't that like crazy? She's, she's been in our orbit for like three and a half, something like that, years, and yeah, I think I've only met her once. Wow! Wow! Yeah, you guys. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, honestly just wild part of the thing I enjoy most is um, making those connections, getting to meet people, the kind of mutual respect. Hey, I know your work. I love your stuff. Um, and then of course there's people that are looking for raising exposure to their cases that are kind of floating around table to table, dropping off packets or having conversations. And yes. um, there's, there's a lot of really special moments that, that happen around that. Uh, it was, it just came up on Twitter a couple of days ago. Someone was asking, uh, Kelsey German, how she knew uh, Sarah Turney. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, they, I mean, they really have each other's back, especially in the social media space. Yeah. And the whole story of that came back. It was another crime con event where um, I was sitting at a table. Gray Hughes was next to me. He was live streaming and I saw the two of them and I asked Sarah if she knew Kelsey, she didn't. And I was like, you know, probably someone you should know. And really, I was just thinking from Kelsey's perspective, because Sarah has been dealing with that same type of trauma for so long. I thought it could be helpful. Um, but yeah, the two of them got introduced right there in front of the table. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how, but Gray like threw them on his live stream or something, just stuck them together on the live stream. And there it went, man, the start of another special connection that has been a friendship for years at this point. And I'm pretty sure they've been, you know, helping each other out on the emotional front with all the, the trials and tribulations of this, this space and, you know, being a family member in, in, a, in a terrible story that's being told in this space. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. And they're doing a panel with Julie Murray um, this year. And that's happening at 2.20 p.m. Pacific time on Friday called Sister Strong, 
fighting mm. back against the dark corners of the internet. So that'll be interesting. I'll try to check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind meeting Julie as well. Uh, I've, I've only like, we started following each other on Facebook just a couple months ago or something. Um, and that's part of the challenge too, for being there and like trying to work and be at the table make sure you're meeting people and all that stuff. I see these panels. I'm like, mm, I want to go check this one out. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, why do you think we weren't at our table last time? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So many good, uh, panels to check out. Um, I'm excited to see Nancy Grace again. We met her in in 2017 at the first CrimeCon in Indianapolis, and we spoke to her on camera for a few minutes, and then we had her on the podcast, and then we were on her podcast, and then we saw her the next year in Nashville, and she remembered us, and she could not be nicer. I know that she gets it sometimes yeah. but on social media and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but... I, I swear she's one of the nicest people I've ever met, like personally, is far personally interacted with. Yeah, I think she has, and and I've I've seen her interact. I haven't actually gone up to meet her myself, but I've seen her at CrimeCon a lot. And yeah, she seems extremely personable. Even last year, when people were still pretty worried about you know uh, COVID, like she was getting around. She had her mask on, but she was going around and meeting people. Um, I think she has a persona for her delivery when she's producing content that that sticks people, you know, and it's oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just one of those things where um, I, it's, it's not I wouldn't say it's like an artistic choice, but there's you know, there's this tone. There's this voice that kind of I think all of us figure out for ourselves when we're presenting these types of cases to the world. And hers can be, you know, can be a little gruff for some people, but I, I wouldn't write that off for any of the content creators you're hearing they are yeah. all you know rounded people with many more facets and, and aspects to their personality than than you're seeing in just those shows yeah but i will be asking nancy grace if she remembers uh Catherine jones the young woman who went to prison at 13 years old um in an essentially a self-defense murder uh, and uh, was interviewed by Nancy Grace, and Nancy Grace called her a monster, and that really <laughs> stuck with with uh, Catherine. Yeah, like, she, she she was she was thirteen, and she was sentenced uh, to life. Right, right. Mm. I mean, and and they didn't even know what to do with her in prison. And I I get that she's got to have this persona, but I mean, there's got to be some exceptions there when you're calling a you know a, a girl who just experienced her first menstruation and she was coached through it by other inmates female inmates like that's you have to have some context when you call somebody a monster um, yeah yeah absolutely. but i'll do it in a friendly way i really am very curious if if what her thoughts on that really are i mean i i do think she's a nice person yeah yeah i'd be really surprised if she didn't have i mean who knows she maybe she holds the same perspective but i'd be very surprised you know, i'd be as, very surprised yeah as yeah. years go by and you kind of think back on stuff that you've done before you know your i think your perception can can shift so we were on her podcast as um podcasters who were looking into the Maura murray case and that was sweat inducing that was I like work for that <laughs> that was like getting <laughs> grilled though like like oh. i'm you know, and and we were on this. We're I guess you know, in the media, like we're her, uh, you know, comrades essentially in that scenario. We're not 
a victim or family of a victim, or we're certainly not in Catherine's case, um, you know, part, part of the case, which was, is an insane, um, situation. And, uh, what was you know, her she, angle in terms of grilling you? Is it like, what are you well, guys hoping to do with this? Or I guess what I'm saying, no, not like that. No, was, but like yeah. every question, like she puts you on the spot and then she's asked you follow up and like she, you can't be vague, I guess is part of, is part of it. Like, and in more Murray's case during that interview, like, you know, we, I mean, we knew less than we know now, probably in the case, we still don't know much, you know? Yeah. So it's really hard to give definitive answers um, to Nancy Grace when you're talking about more Murray <laughs> yeah, and, and she it, wants and... them. I know she wants a very direct because I, I hear what she does to her experts on her podcast. Like she, yeah. she really drills it down. Are you trying to tell me that you know someone couldn't yeah. go through this window and come in there and do all this and do all that? Like she, she really drills in hard on certain aspects. Yeah, she does. I gotta so see I if couldn't... I can dig that up. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine being a family member or you know it, it being mm -hmm. in Catherine's shoes for that conversation though. That would be yeah crazy yeah yeah when's the last time you guys listened to that I, i've never listened to it are you kidding me <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just <God>. survived it <laughs> yeah <laughs> just held on <laughs> I, I i took like a long lunch at my work to go do it and then i came back and i was just like a mess when i came back to work and yeah my coworkers were like what happened and i was like i even if i explained to you what just happened like you wouldn't you know, i can't explain this you're not going to believe me Right. Like, well, we we did an interview with Nancy Grace, and they're like, "What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we got to get some people at our panel. How do we do this? We're we're trying right now. If you're yeah. uh, if you're listening to this, come by the panel. And we we also have a missing uh, live podcast taping that is happening on Friday at five fifty p.m. Pacific time. And we've got Greg Overacker and Jennifer Amell from Private Investigations for the Missing, um, who are going to join us in that panel. So make sure to come by and say hi there. I we're, at least we're not up against Paul Holes uh, for that time slot <laughs> <laughs> or polls. 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 <laughs> I'll uh yeah, I'll be telling people that that I'm meeting at the table throughout the weekend and seeing if we can uh, get a few people to sit in on that. I just I really think it's uh if nothing else to show the support for uh Ladessa, uh, you know, I think is is really important. So, I hope we can get yeah. a good little crowd in there. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. we'll post on social media and try to make uh, CrimeCon aware of it via social media at this point. But again, I don't think there's anything they can do and we're not asking for anything. Yeah. Um, at this point anyway, but, uh, yeah, we hope, we hope some people come hang out. It's going to be at the glass box podcast row studio. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see the setup. This is going to be like, are they calling it the glass box? Cause it's like literally a glass box. Like you can see in from no, you John. are going to have to find out. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised just with a name like that. <laughs> no, it's the, uh, it's the Glassbox stage at the uh, the Expo Hall. Um, Glassbox Media they're uh, they're sponsoring the event. Oh, and, okay, okay. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just I used to work in a place where we had a conference room we called the Fish Bowl because you could literally. Oh my god, see I did from, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the first thing I thought of. Glassbox stage. Uh oh. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program. What else are you looking forward to? Oh, goodness. Um, really spending time with, you know, I haven't seen Danielle since CrimeCon New Orleans. 
I guess the last time I saw you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Shoot. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're talking years and uh, admittedly, I think I talked to you guys about as much as I talked to Danielle. I mean, you know, we, we, we chat at least once a month or so, and that's how often we do crime after crime. Um, but it's just, you know, we, we work really hard on that show together and it's nice to finally just get to a place and be able to just like to just have a lunch somewhere or have a dinner somewhere and kind of celebrate, you know, like we're, we're coming up on four years of that show running at this point. Um, we've had a lot of really cool episodes. We're actually going to be doing an episode out there, oh, very uh, but cool. I, I'm not doing it in the glass box media thing. I'm, I'm trying to keep it loose. Cause I want to find, I want to see if I can find good enough internet connectivity so we can actually live stream it. Oh, so here we go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, me, I'm always trying to up the ante <laughs> on the tech. So, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have to do it from a hotel room or I don't know if maybe if that studio does work out, I'm going to, you know, check with CrimeCon and ask, Hey, can I borrow that late night when someone's not in it and just go in there and do this as kind of a private recording or something. But, um, and even on that front, I'm trying to stream it to two different places. Cause we do a video version and we also do the actual podcast version. Um, and both of our platforms of course can do live stream. So it would be the first time I've live streamed a podcast, but a bunch of technical hoops that I want to jump through for that. But I think it'd be really special just for the audience to kind of connect with us while we're there. Um, and you know, they could send us questions through the chat. We'll, we'll build some room into the typical show format so we can kind of hang out with the virtual audience a bit. And maybe for people that couldn't be there, you know, just give them a little, little connectivity and a little piece of, of what CrimeCon's like. That is such a great idea. And we're just we're just not technically there. Well, like, as, like I mean, I'll, I'll see if it works because like we we wanted to do something like this uh, a couple years ago, um, mm -hmm. and the internet connectivity would just it killed it. Like if if you can't find good connectivity, it's just not going to work. Uh, Danielle actually has a MiFi device, you know, like a yeah carry, carry around the internet in your pocket device. So she's going to bring that. Um, I've been looking into internet options at the hotel we're staying at, just trying to see, is there some kind of extra speed boost that I can buy while I'm there? Um, so we're, we're going to do oh. our best to, to make it work. Well, uh, we'll open up the invitation to you. We're staying at an Airbnb. If we have good internet there. Oh yeah. We're like a, we're like a, like a six minute walk. Oh, awesome. Awesome. No, I'd really appreciate that. That'd be great. Oh, good. We it's have a third just option. A couple it's $200 an hour for the uh, yeah. Crawl Space Media Studio. You're going to make all your money back. Yeah. <laughs> and we and we, we have to give a good review on Airbnb because I have to keep my five-star rating as a, uh, as a traveler. But no, seriously, if, you, if you're running out of options, uh, we have space for that. And uh, yeah, whatever. Awesome. I think that'd be fun. Awesome. How many um, people you have staying at the Airbnb? Did you get together like five different podcasts? We yep. have three people. <laughs> all right well and five podcasts because morph is one of them right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we have four four people that are staying yeah jennifer like jennifer mel and her friend um are gonna stay with us and we're gonna be doing some filming it's it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah all right you should come by if you can yeah definitely Danielle, obviously as well, well you know we're also looking great. we're also looking for a place to hold our uh, crime after crime meetup oh cool invite them over <laughs> Is it okay if I bring 15 people by? <laughs> Just let me message uh let me message the host. 
<laughs> I really want to get a uh, a a parody of of all, all a lot of podcasters looking at the Bellagio fountain like uh, the end of Ocean's Eleven. That's really <laughs> something a goal I have for social media. <laughs> Not that oh, anyone yeah. probably remembers that movie at this point. It's twenty years old now. I'm the old guy, but. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've actually the story that I've been researching for the episode of Crime After Crime that we're doing is about the Bellagio biker bandit. Did you hear about that guy? No. Oh, goodness. Give us a tease. Such a good story. All right. All right. So uh, it's a Tuesday morning, 5 a.m. A black Suzuki motorcycle pulls up to one of the entrances to the Bellagio. He doesn't uh, park in a regular spot. He finds a little service path for the employees and he kind of backs his bike in with the nose facing away from the casino. He goes in, he heads for the front door, but he's wearing coveralls, rubber gloves, biker's helmet, and he's got his visor down. There's a security guard, an elderly woman that's sitting at the entrance and he waves at her as she goes in, she waves back. He heads right for the high roller craps table. It's the only table in for craps that's open at that time. It's 5 a.m. in the morning. And of course, you've got, you know, the diehards out there and it's a high rollers table. So a lot of money being pushed around on it. As he nears the table, pulls out a gun, tells everyone to move. He has his backpack on backwards so that it's on his front chest. And he goes up to this table and just starts grabbing all of all of the chips that he can and stuffing them into this backpack. He's at the table for like 15 seconds. Originally he had this plan that he was going to also go do a smash and grab at the Cartier store. He was going to stop at the, like the poker tables and clean those out too. But his instincts are just like, you got to get out. You got to get out. This is good. So 15 seconds, he's already like, this is going on too long. He turns around and starts running for the door He's realizing, oh, my God, I'm wearing this stupid mask and I can't really see in my peripheral vision. He's expecting to just get tackled at any point, Um, but he's armed. And as he gets close to the door, a valet attendant kind of saw what was going on and tries to stop him. He just waves his gun and the guy just, you know, runs right out of the way. He jumps on the Suzuki, goes tearing off into the night. Gets away with it. One. $0.5 million that he took from the table. But there is a huge problem. Almost a million of it is in what's known as cranberries because of the color of of the chips that they were. $25,000 increment chips. And the casinos know who's able to win that kind of money and carry those types of chips outside of all kinds of other security measures with those chips. I've heard they some of them even have RFID tags in them. So what does he do? Like he's a millionaire, kind of, but only at the Bellagio because it's all in chips. Can't do anything with it. He goes back the next day. Oh, what? (laughs) He goes back the next day and starts playing. And then he's working in the smaller denomination chips at the poker table and then leaving and cashing out and getting a bunch of money. But he's also still, he's still not a great gambler. So he's losing, he's losing, he's losing. And all of a sudden someone in the casino notices him they're like, oh, uh, this guy, he's he's dropping a bunch of cash here. We better comp him. So he winds up <laughs> oh staying my- in the casino for free, free room, free meals, wearing a velour Bellagio outfit with a big B on the chest, going down, just dumping all this money back into the casino that he stole from it. 
and this goes on for a while. It does uh, have a conclusion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for the crime after crime episode, but it is really, really interesting. Rolling Stone did an article on it that was great because it gave his perspective. They actually spoke to the actual bandit and got kind of his mm. insight on everything. Um, wow. Just one more little twist. His father's a judge, and I'll leave it there. Judge oh. Wapner. <laughs> his father is steve wilkos and i'll leave it right there <laughs> yes i'll leave it right there i'm gonna grill him uh, when he's presenting this year I, I know who your dad is steve wilkos and it's not jerry springer <laughs> i actually um they reached out to me uh during COVID. jerry springer show uh no steve steve wilkos show um, because they were trying to figure out like how to start virtualizing some of their content and stuff. And, uh, they were thinking about having me on for, you know, covering some of the stories or something like that. Never quite came together, but, uh, I did see some of their episodes where they were doing that. You know, everyone was trying to figure out the same thing. I mean, judge Judy took the audience out of her, out of her courtroom and, you know, uh, people's court all of a sudden it was like three screens talking to each other <laughs> there was the judge on screen the defendant <laughs> well we're finally getting in person again this is going to be great come say hi we're going to be on podcast row all weekend we're at the crawl space and missing table john is going to be at the brain scratch and crime after crime table and, and we, he, we, he might be over at our table too probably <laughs> yeah probably probably helping with the banner you know yeah yeah you know <laughs> i got the tape guys i'm bringing i'm bringing the duct tape i've got some we string. don't need duct tape no, no we're good we're okay. good this year yeah. all right i'll believe it when i see it <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for listening everybody and uh we'll see you soon <laughs>